Welcome to the Fuel Her Awesome Show. I'm your host, Jess. I'm a wife and a mama, and I'm juggling work and misbehaved dogs, but they're really cute. (laughs) I'm a sports dietitian and empowered eating coach. I am absolutely obsessed with nutrition science and helping you crank up the volume on your body's biofeedback. Let's pivot your relationship with your food and your body from doubt and distrust to a confident bond that can weather the seasons of life as we discover the healthiest version of you with Empowered Eating. In my very first episode that I ever shared here on Fuel Her Awesome, I shared with you my journey from my eating disorder into food freedom. And chances are you've listened to it because it is my most downloaded episode. But today what I wanted to do is share the next chapter with you and how I went from this place of like food freedom and disconnect from my body to empowered eating. I used to think that I had to choose between either being obsessive about food and comfortable in my body or absolute acceptance of my body that co-occurred with this like level of discomfort and I almost got to this place where I was afraid to focus on my health because I thought it would take me back to that obsessive those obsessive traits that I had when I was back in my eating disorder I honestly didn't know a middle ground existed and when I set my eating disorder down I had to let go of a lot of those obsessions that I once clung to and I never ever wanted to go back to them but if I could go back to my like newly recovered self and say one thing, this is what I would say to myself. I would say, Jess, your journey with your body is like a hike up a mountain. There are the first steps and they're wonderful and they feel new and exciting because you're on a completely new path. This is a beautiful journey with your body, but it is just that it is a journey. And this beginning of the trail, it's not as steep because you need time to acclimate and that's okay. But as you're getting started, there are new heights ahead and things your imagination has not conceived. As you get farther along on your journey, you will find new ways to challenge yourself. But the difference is now you have a new view, a higher perspective. What was once shadowed by perfectionism will be different on higher ground. The higher you go, the more opportunities you will have to rewrite your relationship with what was. Even oxygen is divergent from what was normal at the bottom. Stay curious, stay focused, and don't be afraid to look how far you've come. My sister, I'm doing exactly that for you. Whether you are newly recovering from an eating disorder, maybe you're still in your journey, or maybe you never had a full-blown eating disorder, but you knew something wasn't right. Like you went through a season where you struggled with food and it just didn't feel good. So this idea of getting back into your health and focusing on yourself, like it feels weird because we don't want to be obsessive. So what I want to talk about today are the steps that I took that catapulted me from, from this space of, you know, food freedom and feeling flexible and free in my body. But how do I revisit some of my health goals? How did I get to empowered eating? I'm so excited to get into this content and share these steps with you, but I have to tell you, I have some updates for you, and I just have to tell you because I'm so, so excited. (laughs) About two years ago, I launched Food Foundations, and after hundreds of you have moved through this course, I've collected feedback, I've gotten to know you, and I've really, really spent the last six months or so listening, listening to what helps, what you need more of, and I've been hard at work, super hard at work behind the scenes, and I wanted to let you guys know I have transformed Food Foundations. It has now retired and been reborn. It has been reborn as my signature method, the Empowered Eating Method. I am so excited to launch this and share this with you guys. It has truly taken all 
of the best parts of food foundations and added the piece that was missing. And these are truly the steps to come into the empowered eating way of life. Now, if you're like, Jess, I took food foundations and I, you know, I'd like to do empowered eating. What does that mean for me? If you didn't see the emails, because we've sent several emails, but if you did not see them, you get to move over to the empowered eating method totally free. So if you're there, great. If you miss those emails, no problem. Just shoot me an email. My team will get you moved over ASAP. But the empowered eating method is a 12 week process walking you through biofeedback, body image reset, cognitive restructuring with values-based health and goal setting. And of course, of course, we have fuel planning in there. This new platform, you guys, is 10x better than what I was using before. We have food logging capabilities. And if that like word makes you cringe a little bit, don't worry. We are not logging macros or counting calories. We're actually logging food with prompts to Check in with your hunger and your satiety cues. As you go through the course, some of that biofeedback is learning what hunger looks like in your life, in your body. And in order to get connected with it, guys, we have to to write it down. (laughs) Yeah, think of it like a budget. You know, the first financial class I took, they had me write down what I was spending my money on. And in my head, I was not buying that much coffee. (laughs) And then when I wrote it down, I absolutely was. So that's what we're doing with the food logging tool. But it is absolutely awesome because then when we work together one-on-one, we can actually look at these food logs together. We can look at like the timing of your meals, you know, where you swing. I use the hunger satiety spectrum. So where do you swing? What's a safe swing zone for you so that you can set yourself up to eat successfully every single time? There's so much we can glean from these logs. So I've tested it out with current clients and it has honestly opened so many doors Beyond that, we now have a group chat available in the course. I have discounted one-on-one sessions with me. And so this is the other piece that I wanted to share with you guys. Here's what's happening. Right now, I see clients one-on-one, but because unfortunately, I mean, I guess fortunately, (laughs) but my caseload is getting so full, on May 17th, my one-on-one coaching prices are going to increase. They're going to increase for everyone except, except empowered eating students. And the reason for that is I really wanted to prioritize my time for those of you who are in there doing the hard work, going through the steps. I'm going to keep my prices the same for you all. So if you've been on the fence about working with me, now it's time to do it because those prices are going to jump on May 17th, unless you're inside the empowered eating method. So this transition is all happening mid-May, but so does, you ready for this? Drum roll, please. I have no musical talent. (laughs) where y'all were getting music lessons. My dad is a scientist and I was getting math and science lessons. So <laughs> kind of shows in the work I do and when I try to uh, bring you music from my mouth on this podcast, which I will spare you <laughs> in the future. Okay, anyways, on May 18th, I am so pumped. We are gonna be kicking off a three-day summer reset challenge. So to stay in the loop and participate, be sure you have subscribed to this podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at JessBrownRD. And I'll be posting all the details, but we're going to go through three ways to set yourself up for success this summer because I know it's a crazy time. You know, people are traveling, kids are home, lots going on. It's hot. (laughs) We are going to be talking about how to set yourself up from the beginning. Like what can we do to get you set up for success? Okay, let's dive into the content. How I went from this food freedom kind of weird post eating disorder world to 
empowered eating. And before I tell you like the journey, I do want to tell you how empowered eating was born and where it actually came from, because this is important. So I had found myself almost living in this empowered eating world without really knowing it, but I couldn't put a name to it yet. And it didn't come to me until I think it was maybe seven years ago, give or take. Um, I was talking with one of my colleagues, Bryn Anthony. She's been on the show before. She is just a gem in this world. I should probably bring her on again because she just lights up <laughs> any ear she is in or room she walks into. Anyways, Brynn and I were talking. I had just started working with UFC and MMA fighters. And one of the things in that world as a sports dietitian is that they have to make weigh-ins. They have to get their weight and manipulate their food so that their weight is at a specific number on a specific day before going into a fight. And when I started working with this population, it was really weird for me because I had spent so long in the eating disorder world, you know, helping people make peace with their body and not manipulate their bodies that this almost felt like counterproductive to what I had been working on. So I was talking with Brandon and I was like, how can these two worlds coexist? Like, how can I not feel like I'm living a double life here? You know, do they have an overlap. And we came up with the empowered eating model. And that is where we go beyond the body's biofeedback and nutrition science, and we start to intertwine your values. So in the case of someone recovering from an eating disorder, her values at that point in time might be like reconnecting with family, you know, getting out of hustle culture, slowing down, connecting. And those values are going to show up and be filtered through nutrition science and biofeedback differently than someone who is training for a UFC fight. Like, you know, her values might be supporting her family, accomplishing a goal for herself that she has worked her entire life to reach. That's going to influence how we read biofeedback and her nutrition science that we pull in for biohacking the body. Now, totally different worlds, right? But what I love about the empowered eating method is that it means we can all coexist and we can all work on our own goals. There isn't one right or wrong way. Like this whole how we eat and how we treat our body, it is not a one size fits all method, but the empowered eating layout allows us to take these tools and apply them to our own life so that we can get clear on what our goals are and actually work towards them, right? And actually reach them because we're so clear on what we're after. So that's how empowered eating was born. It was really in the midst of this conflict between these, like the sports nutrition and eating disorder world that I felt. How this showed up in my own journey was pretty clear. I had two points in my life that I realized I needed to reassess and recalibrate my relationship with food. One was about three months after my first son was born. I was continuing to like live in this food freedom space, which was all cool and groovy, except I was really, really tired. <laughs> if, I mean, you know, having a kid is exhausting. It stretches your body to um, new extremes and new limits. But what I was finding is that the way I was fueling myself and quite honestly, like I wasn't prioritizing nutrition. I was eating, but I wasn't like intentionally choosing foods that boosted my energy. And I realized that when I would eat, I didn't feel energetic. Like I actually felt more lethargic after lunch than I did energetic. And I, I had this epiphany, like I need to restructure how I'm looking at food because I need food to work for me. 
I'm only getting a few hours of sleep a night and I'm still working. And now I'm a mom. Like I need, I have, you know, 10 energy units and that used to be enough. Now I need 15 to 20. How can I level up my nutrition so that I can have more of this expansive energy? So that was number one. Number two was this absolute acceptance of my body as it was at that moment in time. Now, I'm not saying at that point I loved my body, that I thought it was incredible and amazing and I was like the healthiest, strongest I'd ever been. No, I, w- I was three months post-baby. <laughs> but what I came to was this absolute acceptance of where it was at that moment in time. And for a long time, I had fears that like waving the flight white flag with my body meant complacency. It meant that I was never allowed to like grow and feel more confident in my body. It meant never getting to a place of feeling good. I had just had to accept feeling uncomfortable, but that couldn't be farther from the truth. That is a lie. Acceptance is not complacency. Acceptance is actually the key process of change. It is key to the process of change. Acceptance can be conceptualized as a meditating behavior that transforms this activation or this stressful internal dialogue that we feel, it can transform that with the goal of reducing escape and avoidance behaviors and instead increasing approach behavior. So I'm going to say this again. Acceptance is a key process of change. If we can take this as true, it allows us to see that accepting our body as it is today can actually be what catapults us. It's a meditating behavior that transforms that negative internal dialogue with the goal of reducing those avoiding behaviors that we often engage in and instead increasing our approach to change. Acceptance is the key to the process of change. This notion comes from one of my favorite cognitive restructuring models. It's called acceptance and commitment therapy training, so ACT. ACT is a newer treatment modality. It's very similar to cognitive behavioral therapy, but it has some additional, and in my opinion, much more effective twists to their tools. So the developers of ACT, they defined acceptance as this. I love this, so I'm going to read it to you guys. The voluntary adoption of an internally open, receptive, flexible, and non-judgmental posture with respect to -to moment-to-moment experience. I just got to read that again. It's so good. It's so good. The voluntary adoption of an intentionally open, receptive, flexible, non-judgmental posture with respect to moment-to-moment experience. So in other words, it allows us to be in the moment without judgment with this posture of flexibility, openness. Guys, accepting our body allows us to be receptive to feedback, be receptive to hear biofeedback, what our body says about food, and most of all, change. We apply this to our own view of body and health, and this means that we can come into this posture of curiosity and hear what our body has to say without judgment. It gives us this opportunity to learn from discomfort, to grow in what we call failures, instead of reducing the discomfort with some sort of escape or avoidance avoidance behavior, which is what a lot of us do, right? We typically see, or we typically start to feel these levels of discomfort in our body, and what do we do? We want to escape. We want to escape with either self-sabotaging or self-punishing behavior. Sometimes that's like throwing on, you know, really big clothes and grabbing ice cream and sitting in front of the Netflix, the Netflix, (laughs) Netflix (laughs) for hours, which again, isn't a bad thing. But if we're using that as our primary escape or avoidance mechanism, 
there's no room for growth there. And then on the flip side is the self-punishment, right? Like we feel uncomfortable in our bodies, so now we have to pay for something. We need to work harder in the gym. We've got to dial up our macros. Like we need to have all this obsession. It's not sustainable. It's just not. So coming to this place of body acceptance allowed me to start learning from my body. What feels good to eat? What is causing my bloating? You know, what boosts my energy? What makes me tired? What does weightlifting feel like? Do I still like running? Can I get as much out of walking as I do other forms of cardio? How much, you know, does my sleep have an impact? I learned that one real quick when I had kiddos. What can I learn from my hormone cycle? That was a big one post baby for me. It took me several years to rebalance my hormones. How does this impact my mood? Still learning from that one. There are so many questions for us to explore, but we can't explore them if we're sitting in a place of judgment. This is why coming to that place of body acceptance allows us to start diving into these questions. So before this point of acceptance, I used to think that if I started asking these questions, I would go back to kind of an old obsessive way, like calorie counting or like not being able to have a cookie and relax about it. But I didn't want to be like that again. So I had some resistance to it. But the thing was, I wasn't giving myself full credit for the growth that had occurred. I had forgotten that I was higher up on that metaphorical trail. The key difference, the key difference was that when I started asking these questions from the place of body acceptance and not trying to change or manipulate my body, I was trying to better understand my body. Now I can work towards being a healthier version of me and it was empowering. It felt good. Like there was so much to learn and I suddenly had this excitement to keep going. This place of acceptance, it changes everything about your journey and it allows you to turn doubt and fear into powerful actions. So you start seeing yourself check those goals off. Like it has felt so good to accomplish new levels of fitness, to explore nutrition in new ways that I've never done before, but it's because it's come from this place of curiosity instead of trying to manipulate my body. This is why we spend several weeks in the Empowered Eating Method on the body image spectrum and understanding that you don't go from loving your body to like, or from hating your body to loving it. Rather, there's this whole spectrum that we interact with our body on. And when we come to put the place of body acceptance, we can start to play in that spectrum. Like some days I do have bad body image days, especially, especially (laughs) right before my period. It's like, I'll look in the mirror and I'm like, whose body is this? You know, it just doesn't even feel like my own. But now that I understand that I'm not, you know, my main goal every day is not to change my body. Now, instead I can explore where I'm at on the body image spectrum. It's like, okay, I'm having a rough body image day. I notice I'm like bullying my body or maybe I'm just tolerating it. And I now have the tools to move higher on that body image spectrum so I can stick closer towards like the empowered eating care model. So we actually walk through all of that in the new empowered eating method and oh, I promised I wouldn't sing music for you. Sorry, I can't help myself. I'm just so excited. We walk through how to develop body image resiliency and the empowered eating method. Okay, so because I'm a research junkie, I have to share with you the research behind the power of acceptance. So I mentioned ACT, which is this this model where acceptance comes from. And this is a newer model of cognitive restructuring, but as of June, 2020, there have been 375 published randomized controlled trials on ACT and over 60 peer reviewed systematic and meta-analysis of ACT outcomes in the literature. That's a lot of research to back up what we're looking at. 
The overall results of these studies and reviews suggest that ACT is more effective than control conditions and as at least as effective as already established treatments such as cognitive behavioral therapy, which is what most of us have heard of or are familiar with. So out of these over 400 studies, one of the examples was a web-based ACT intervention for smoking cessation, and they compared that to a more active treatment like smokefree.gov. They found that participants who were randomized to the ACT treatment method had over double the quick rate at, quit rate at a three-month follow-up compared to the active control. Almost double the quit rate. That's crazy. When they looked into the reason behind this, what they found is that the act of acceptance revealed that 80% of the quit rate was explained by changes in acceptance of cognitions, emotions, and physical sensations during treatments. So in other words, when these folks came to this place of accepting that like, hey, some of these thoughts I have, the emotions I have about quitting, the physical sensations, while they may not be pleasant, I accept them, they were able to embark on the change at a higher rate of success. I think that is so true for what we see in our health changes too. When we learn to come to a place of body acceptance, even though we don't love it, even though we might have thoughts about our body and it's not where we want it to be, okay, can we still accept it? Can we accept that this is where we are in this moment of time? Here's the takeaway from today. Your first step in making crazy, amazing, awesome changes to your health is accepting your body as it is today. Stop fighting her. Stop telling her horrible things. She is here with you and she has a lot to say to you. Secondly, you've been lied to about what acceptance means. It does not mean that you stop working towards your goals. It's actually quite the opposite. It means you are ready to take your first actual steps because you're accepting where you are today. If you're ready to take those first steps, I want you to first go check out my free, totally free and newly redone <laughs> workshop on how to eat intuitively and hit your goals without obsessing over food. I will walk you through the top three mistakes most people make and how you can avoid them in less than 25 minutes. I'm all about efficiency here because <laughs> I know we are juggling lots of things. Totally free and no strings attached, my friend. All right, make sure you are subscribed or following this show because we have the summer challenge coming up. Three days, we're gonna be walking through schedules, strength training, and nutrition, expansive energy hacks. I'm so excited to talk about each of them. They're gonna be tactical. They're gonna be things you can take away from the episodes and start implementing today to set you up for an awesome, empowered eating summer. And most of all, don't forget, we have giveaways coming. So you want to stay in the loop. I cannot wait, my friend, for this world of empowered eating to be opened up to you. It has been absolutely life-changing for me. It has allowed me to show up as the mom, the wife, the leader, the employee, the, the coach, like all of it. It has allowed me to show up with a higher level of energy than I ever thought existed. Like I said, I used to think I only needed 10 units of energy, but as my life grew, as I carried more responsibility and I had kids, I needed double the energy units and empowered eating is what got me there. I cannot wait for you to find this and kind of have that expansive energy. There's more out there and empowered eating gets you there. Have a beautiful day, my friend. Cheers and happy eating. Gosh, I'm so glad you joined me today. If today encouraged you, would you take a minute and encourage me by leaving a review for the show? I read every single one of these reviews and your words, they mean so much to me. This podcast is here to support you weekly, but it only scratches the surface. To learn more on how you can become an empowered eater, snag my free workshop, how to eat intuitively and hit your goals without obsessing over food at jessbrownrd.com. 
Don't forget to join me right here next Monday where I cannot wait to fuel your awesome. Cheers, my sweet friend, and happy eating.